You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. feel like who art ed who art is mr wood art ed me either way it's ambiguous it works i know that's a great start welcome to who arted weekly art history for all ages i'm your host kyle wood now when i was a kid i loved the teenage mutant ninja turtles I loved the Saturday morning cartoon. I loved the live action movies that serve as almost an early 90s time capsule, complete with the voice work of Corey Feldman and a soundtrack featuring Vanilla Ice. While it may not have been fine art in the cinema, I mean, during one scene, a production assistant was accidentally visible on set and just hid under a table as they continued filming the scene. Still, As a kid, I loved it, and like a lot of pop culture I consumed, it made references to history in ways that went over my head as a child, but I've come to appreciate them as an adult. All four of the Ninja Turtles were named for great artists of the Italian Renaissance. I've already created episodes on Raphael, Michelangelo, and Leonardo. I'm actually going to be making another episode about Leonardo in the near future, as I'll be recording with the author of a new non-fiction book called The Mona Lisa Vanishes. It's a middle-grade non-fiction book coming out this fall, and I absolutely loved reading the advanced copy that I got from uh, Penguin Random House, so big thanks to them. And I am really looking forward to recording an episode with the author in the coming weeks, But for now, I want to talk about Donatello, the Ninja Turtle namesake I have not previously covered on the show. Donatello was one of the leading sculptors of the Italian Renaissance. His full name was Donato di Niccolo di Beto Bardi, and he was born in Florence, Italy, around the year 1386. I say around 1386 because while he did eventually become a highly respected and influential artist, not much was recorded about his early life. He was the son of a wool carter, and while we don't know exactly how Donatello got his start in the arts, he likely began apprenticing in his early teens. 
He likely learned stone carving from one of the sculptors working on the cathedral in Florence around the year 1400. And around the year 1404, he became a member of the workshop of Lorenzo Ghiberti, a bronze sculptor. The earliest work known to have been created by Donatello was a marble statue of David. Now, I know a fair number of my listeners are in the U.S., and Donatello's David statue is on the AP Art History list. I want to be clear, the David statue on the AP Art History list is one he made later in his career. It was a lost wax casting, a bronze sculpture. And I'll talk more about that a little bit later. But first off, I think it is worth explaining a little bit about David and why he was a popular subject for artworks. I mean, Donatello made at least two statues of David. One of Michelangelo's most famous sculptures is of David. So let's cover a bit about him. David was a major figure in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically. For those unfamiliar with the story of David, He first rose to prominence among the Israelites when Israel was being invaded. The Israelite army was camped out on one mountain and the invaders were camped on another. There was essentially a stalemate because neither side could move without leaving themselves vulnerable to the other army. Finally, they led a giant named Goliath out. Goliath was said to be literally a giant over nine feet tall. He stood with his sword in shiny metal armor and cried out to the Israelites to send their best soldier to face him. Basically, everyone was too afraid except for a young shepherd named David. The boy carried his staff, a sling, and a few rocks with him. When Goliath saw the boy approaching, he laughed and taunted him to come over closer so he could rip him apart. David, however, took his sling and a stone and hit the giant right between the eyes, taking him down. The city of Florence considered David to be a symbol of the city because the relatively small community had been able to successfully fight off a larger, more powerful invaders. Donatello's famous bronze of David was commissioned by Cosimo de' Medici. And from what I've read, the Medicis liked to associate themselves with David as the family had risen to prominence from humble origins. Everyone loves a good underdog story, and on some level, everyone likes to see themselves as underdogs triumphing over adversity. I think Donatello's Bronze of David, created somewhere around the 1440s, really captured and perhaps even helped to create the popular conception of David as a tiny boy who won in battle despite being epically outmatched. Donatello's bronze David depicts a nude boy looking like a vulnerable child. One bit of historical significance is this work is considered to be the first freestanding nude statue since antiquity. This was early in the Italian Renaissance, although they weren't calling it that at the time. Renaissance means rebirth, and really, for people in that age, they didn't realize, like, oh, this is the dawn of a new era. But it was an age of shifting ideas as trade was expanding, the merchant class was rising, and there was a new appreciation for art and literature. Donatello, in particular, 
was inspired by the classical style, meaning works from ancient Greece and Rome. In this statue of David, we see the classic contraposta pose, with one leg engaged and the other at ease. This bit of movement in the pose helps create a less stiff and more natural stance. In addition to the stance, the dress, or mostly lack thereof, is also inspired by the ancient style. In the Bible, David rejects armor because he wasn't accustomed to wearing it, but surely he would have worn something. In ancient Roman art, depicting a figure as nude, especially like one where it wouldn't naturally have been them literally nude, that was associated with trying to to sort of show that someone was pure in a natural state. It was to signify that figure as a hero, a god, or perhaps semi-divine. Donatello was portraying David as an innocent child, sort of a blank slate with nothing but his faith to protect him. Now, there's an interesting contrast between the seeming softness and fragility of the boy, but also the bold sort of swagger that he's got going on as he rests his foot on the head of his slain enemy. And this kind of leads me into a fun little insight about the David story. And I want to be transparent. This particular insight is not my own. I'm summarizing Malcolm Gladwell, who said that pretty much everyone gets caught up on the wrong details and misunderstands what happened in the David story. David may have been young, but he was not a novice. He knew exactly what he was doing. And some would say he actually had the advantage. You see, he was using a sling and these hard, dense stones. And while modern audiences might hear a sling and think of like Dennis the Menace style stick with some elastic bands, back in the day, a sling was a serious weapon. Soldiers carrying a sling were the sharpshooters of their day. They could hit a target from as far as 200 feet away, and a rock could be fired from a sling with roughly the same force as a modern bullet. Essentially, David versus Goliath was like that scene in Indiana Jones where the bad guy's waving a sword around and Indiana Jones just pulls out a gun. Size may be intimidating, but someone with the right tools and the skills and knowledge to know how to use them is the person who has the real upper hand. Donatello's statue of David, just like the story, seems straightforward and simple on first glance, but with great art, there's always more than meets the eye. Donatello wasn't just a masterful sculptor with meticulous attention to detail and an ability to render people and other subjects with a level of precision unmatched by most. I mean, he was all of those things, but he was more than that. He also had a unique vision for what a sculpture could be. In the Middle Ages, depictions of David were commonly focused on his role as king later in life. Donatello gave the world a new view of the famous figure as he reintroduced the style of ancient Romans. He broke from the traditions and the styles of the day. Of course, ironically, he broke with the tradition by going back to an even older tradition. Donatello and David 
helped usher in the rebirth of Renaissance art, standing on the shoulders of giants from antiquity. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.